Thanks for checking out the Anchor Faith Message Podcast from St. Augustine, Florida. Now enjoy this message. Well, you know, it is February, and I thought it was really cool how God just orchestrated this. I didn't know that it would be time for me to minister. I knew I was going to at some point, but um, anyway, with February, I thought it was interesting. Lord, you are so good, because remember, the last time I ministered, we talked about how to maintain a what? Reigning spirit. How to maintain a reigning spirit. And um, I got through the first point, but I never got to the second point. And the second point is all about the love of God. It's all about the love of God. So, you know, it is Valentine's season, but we want to call it agape season, right, as believers. Because this is all, agape is who God is. It is his love, and it is all about him. Let's make this month all about him. Amen? Let's just pour out some love on him more than you've ever done. How about that? You know, you think about, um, you know, getting so-and-so flowers or, you know, candy and all these things. But how about let's just pour out some love on him this month and just really tell him how much you love him and spend some extra time with him because he is our beloved and we are his. Amen? Hallelujah. But anyway, so we started on talking about how to maintain a reigning spirit. And so it's been a few weeks. So I just want to refresh your memory on what we talked about. Really, it was coming from uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 17. Maybe I should pray. Father, we just thank you for this night. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your word that it is alive. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And we thank you, Father, it's able to penetrate all the places within our lives that it needs to penetrate. And so we receive your word tonight, the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our soul. We receive it. In the name of Jesus, amen. Say, I receive it. And so we know pastors started ministering at the first of the year about the reigning spirit coming out of Romans 5, 17. Well, actually, you know, 1 Timothy. But one of his other references was Romans 5, 17. For if by the transgression of one death reign through the one much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will what? Reign in life. Do you know he wants us to reign in this life? He does not want us as believers to be beat down, broken, barely making it, barely surviving. Come on. Anxious, driven, stressed out, blowing our minds, crazy people. He wants us to reign in this life. He wants us to be able to overcome any situation that this life would bring to us. Amen. Or whatever circumstance would come our way that we would be as believers able to reign over it. What does that mean? Be able to overcome and get the victory in the midst of whatever's going on. Hallelujah. He wants us to reign. We have, say, we have a reigning spirit. If we are believers, then we have a reigning spirit. And we have to, you know what? We have to remind ourselves that. We have to speak that to ourselves. We have to tell ourselves, self, let me tell you what. You are a victor in this situation. You have to tell yourself that. Because everything else is telling and speaking the opposite of the truth. Of the truth. Remember, we started talking about this. Everything is speaking the opposite of what truth is. And the truth is, greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Amen. That's the truth. And we have to remind ourselves of that. 
We have to speak that over ourselves all the time. Every day we have to start bringing forth the word of God and speaking it out of our mouth. Amen. So that we can remind ourselves, wait a minute, I'm a reigning being. Amen. I'm not a mere man. I'm not a natural man anymore. I'm a supernatural being. Come on. With a supernatural God. Come on. Living on the inside of me. And I'm going to reign in no matter what situation or circumstance that comes my way. Amen. You have to tell yourself that. And so he says this, the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. And we know that we can't do it without him. We cannot reign in this life without him, without the help of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We can't do it. And we'll end up acting and living a defeated life just like everybody else in the world that doesn't know Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. But we have to be determined that we're going to reign no matter what the situation is and we're going to overcome because he says we can. Say he says I can. He says I can, right? Hallelujah. Anyway, uh, but last uh, time I ministered, I came out of 1 John 4, 1 through 21, which pastor did reference this when he was teaching at the beginning of the year. But I want to read that again to you uh, just to refresh your memory. 1 John 4, 1 through 21. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but what? But test the spirit to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone into the world. And by this, you know that you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, of which you have heard that is coming, and now it is already in the world. You are from God, little children. Say, I'm from God. And have overcome them. Here's the scripture. What's it say? Because greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, they will speak as from the world. And the world listens to them. Right? What does the world listen to? All these spirits. Right? We know First Timothy says in the last days, right, many are going to fall away listening. Say listening. They're going to have their ear attentive to seducing spirits, doctrines of demons, all kinds of false uh, teaching, false prophets, those that, you know, act like they're going to tickle their ear or be the people that they want to hear from. All along, they're going to deceive them and seduce them and get them off track, right? And so we are saying, listen, if we're going to have uh, a reigning spirit and if we're going to be able to maintain that reigning spirit, then we're going to have to know the difference. And we said this last time that the only way we're going to know the difference between the true is through the spirit of truth. Right? Through the spirit of truth. But let's keep reading. He says, therefore, they speak as the world uh, and they listen to them. We are from God who knows God and listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this, we will know the spirit of what? Truth and the spirit of error. Right? The spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so we have to recognize that if we are going to maintain that reigning spirit, we must know truth. We must know truth. We must know truth. Because we're seeing in this very hour that we are living that many people are trying to what? Rewrite the truth. Change the truth. They're trying to rewrite it and change it. 
And so if you don't know any better, you know, you'll start believing the lie that they are saying. Right? That it's okay to be uh, married to the same sex. Right? These are the lies that are perpetuating. And it's so sad that we've seen whole denominations take on those thought processes and beginning to change their whole doctrine. It's happening right before our eyes. We are standing in a time that we are seeing the very things that Scripture has said from the beginning that would happen. And we're seeing it. And people just getting sucked into it and drawn into it, right? Seduced by it in many multiple ways. But the bottom line is it's the reason why is because they are not staying with truth. They're not staying with truth. I'm telling you, every one of you better have a Bible, a hard copy of a Bible, you need to get one now because I already know there are Bibles that have literally been changed. Like the NIV, I first learned 32 years ago, really that was the first Bible that I had and started reading out of. But I no longer read the NIV any longer because I know they have changed the verbiage and the words in the NIV so that it would not offend homosexuality. So I wouldn't buy one of those today. Make sure you find one from 32 years ago. I don't know, right? But this is the, these are the things that we're talking about. So how did they get so seduced to be able to actually, whoever publishes the NIV, begin to change it? So y'all better have a hard copy. Because I'm going to tell you, we don't know what's going to happen with all these electronics. I'm not conspiracy theory. All I know is I'm going to have several hard copies of the written word of God that has lasted and stood from the, from the beginning of time. Amen. Because no one's going to be able to talk me out of what I know this book says. Because I know truth. Because it is written in my heart. Because I've hid it in my heart. Amen. And we must be people that begin to do that within our lives. So that we don't buy the lies of what we're hearing in the world. And we are not going to be seduced into taking up the causes that we hear that's happening in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. So we talked about last time that we must know the spirit of truth. That was the first point that we talked about. And we said that the spirit of truth can only be found by the Holy Spirit who what? who's living on the inside of every believer. If you are not born again, you do not have the spirit of truth living on the inside of you. So guess what? You will buy the lies of the world. You will listen to the world. He just said the world will receive their own. You'll listen to what the world is, uh, the doctrines of the world, right? Because you, won't, you don't have the spirit of truth. But guess what? Anybody in here who has never called on the name of the Lord tonight, you can do it. And guess who will move in? The spirit of truth. So that you don't have to buy another lie from the enemy. You won't have to buy another lie of this world. Amen. So in order to know the spirit of truth, we said what last time that we have to be people of the word. We're going to have to hide the word of God in our heart. We're going to have to know him. We're going to have to know the word, right? We're going to have to know his voice. 
And he said, the sheep will hear the shepherd's voice and what? No other they will follow. The only way you're going to know the shepherd's voice is if you've put the word of God within your life. Amen. So that then you know what his voice sounds like. So that you don't listen to any other voice trying to tell you that God is, that, that God is love and love is love and, and he loves everything. So you won't buy that lie because you'll know what he hates and what he does love. Right? So, and it's important that we not only hide the word in, a, uh, in our hearts and know the truth so that we can recognize his voice and understand his ways and, and the way that he operates. But it's also very important that we recognize, listen, guys, we have to be people that are receiving truth. We don't ever want to be putting ourselves in a position that we're opposing truth that we're hearing. So that means when something's being brought forth by the spirit of truth or the word of God, that our first response should be, I'm going to receive that. Even though I may not, some things may, you know, be difficult for me. And I may not understand everything, but I know this, this is truth and I'm going to receive it. I'm not going to push back on it. I'm not going to oppose it. Because if you start opposing truth that you're hearing, then guess what? You're going to start hardening yourself to the truth. And that is going to be a way that the enemy can get into you because you're, he's going to say, well, see, you really don't believe that. You know when they said that, you did. You ought to be a person that if the word of God says it, I believe it, that settles it, that's it. That ought to be what it is that you say. And then, even if you maybe don't understand it all or have the wisdom of it all or have the knowledge of it all, you should be a person that says, that's okay, I'm not going to resist it. What I'm going to do is begin to discover it and dive into it and study it so that what? Then it can continue to what? Strengthen the truth within me. Amen. And that has to do with even when another believer maybe speaks the truth to you. You don't want to be in opposition of it. You need to be a person that says, I hear what you're saying. I receive the truth, and I'm going to take it, pray it out, study it out. Not, well, I don't, I don't know that I actually believe that. When someone's trying to speak the words of life to you, right? You don't want to be resistant in any way to truth. So that it would harden us to truth. I don't want anything that would be in my way from truth being revealed. Because truth is revealed. So I don't want to put any roadblocks, so to speak, within my heart or within my life that would oppose truth in any way. I would say, just like with the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, Growing up, we weren't filled with the Holy Ghost. And you've heard pastor's testimony. He wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. But you know what he said when he started hearing about the Holy Ghost? He said, if it's in the word, uh, what was he not doing? He wasn't resisting. You see what I'm saying? He wasn't resisting that this could be truth. So what am I going to do? I'm going to begin to study it out for myself and see if it is so. And the spirit of truth then can continue to do what the spirit of truth does. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's important that we as believers always have our ear attentive to truth. 
Because then that's going to protect us from ever buying a lie. It's going to protect us to have your ear always turn towards truth no matter what. Amen. No matter what. Even if we don't understand it fully, my ear is still attentive to this truth and I'm going to study it out. I'm not going to be resistant in any way because it could be truth. And I don't want to resist truth in any form or fashion. Amen? So... We talked about the only way that you're going to continue to know his voice is that if we abide in truth. And we talked about abiding in his word, abiding in the, uh, the truth of God's word, and the spirit of truth living on the inside of you. And that's why he said, you are of God. Why are you of God? You have the spirit of truth within you now. So you can know the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Amen. Right? Say, thank God for the spirit of truth. Thank God for the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. But there, the very next scripture, he continues going on from there, from that last uh, verse 6 where he says, for he who knows God listens to us, and he who is not from God does not listen to us. And by this we will know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Verse 7. And then he gives us another way that we're going to know God and the difference between the spirit of truth and error. He says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. So not only is he saying we're going to be able to receive the spirit of truth. Now he's saying, listen, now that you know God, you now have the love of God in you. And now that you have the love of God and the spirit of truth, you're going to know the difference. You're going to know the difference between truth and error. So the love of God must be maintained within our lives and within our hearts if we're going to have a reigning spirit. The truth of God the, and the spirit of truth, but not just that. I'm telling you, the love of God must be maintained within our lives if we're going to reign. Because we know that the love of God affects everything within our lives. Because faith does not work without what? And this is not the world's definition of love. This is not our definition of love. This is pure, unadulterated uh, un, uh, love of God. The purity of who he is. The love of God. For God is what? Love And that love is agape love that we're talking about. It is the very essence of who he is. It is his nature, right? Uh, his love. And he's letting us know now that you have the spirit of truth and now that you know God and you are of God, you have the love of God within you. This is how we know. Isn't that what he says in John, which I don't have it down. He says, how is the world going to know? It's because of what? The love that we have for the brethren. You see that? So the love of God is going to keep us from error. It's going to protect us from error. And I'm going to tell you more and more in these last days, we're going to have to maintain the love of God within our hearts because of all the wickedness and the vile things that we see happening in the world so that we don't turn that towards people. Remember, we know what spirit they're of. So it's not against what? Flesh and blood that these people are acting these ways. And so the love of God must be maintained within our hearts for us to make sure that we are operating in 
uh, accuracy in hearing from the Lord because I'm going to tell you, if we have offense, if we have issues with people, if we have all, it's going to get it. We're going to deceive ourselves. And if we are going to be able to deceive ourselves, then guess who works and flows and operates and his mode is only what? Deception. Deception. So if we are not maintaining the love of God properly within our hearts and not just towards him, We've said this. He and all of us go together. They're one. You cannot separate the two. You can't say, oh, well, I love God, but I can't stand this person, and I don't ever want to be around that person again, and that person did me wrong that are believers. It does not work that way, and you are deceiving yourself and opening yourself wide open to deception. The deceiver. The deceiver. Because that's where he operates. That's where he, that's his mode, his, you know, his mode. That's where he flows right through deception in any way that he can. And so if we have anything within ourselves that is not right, fully functioning in the love of God, then we're open ourselves right up. And letting him walk right in those doors. Because look, he said, beloved, let us love one another for love is from God. And everyone who loves, he's letting us know, is born of God and knows God. This is still all in context. He's letting us know that the people that do not know truth. And now he's letting us know, but you know truth. Now you know you're Born again, you know God, so guess what? The love of God's there, and this ought to be operating in your life. It says the one who does not love does not know God. He's letting you know. See what I'm saying? He's just letting you know. The one that does not love God uh, does not know God, for God is love. And by this love of God was manifested in us that God has sent, what? His only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him in this love. In this love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a perpetuation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. And if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. You see that? And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this, Love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Say there's no fear in love. And I like how he said that by this, what did he say? We're perfected, right, as he is, what? Because as he is, so are we in this world. As he was, so are we in this world because of the love of God. So guess what that means? I don't have to fear a thing that's going on in this world. I don't have to fear not one thing that's happening in this world. I don't have to fear not one person that's operating of the spirit of this world. 
because the love of God has been perfected within me. Because I know God and I know the spirit of truth and the difference between the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Because the love of God is in me. Because the spirit of God is in me. Say the spirit of God is in me. Say the love of God is in me. Say it again. The love of God is in me. You need to tell yourself that every day. When you wake up, you need to thank him. Father, I thank you that the spirit of truth, the spirit of you lives on the inside of me. And I thank you that the love of God's on the inside of me. Every day, you need to be thanking him for that. Because this world is only going to get what? Darker. It's only going to get darker. It's only going to get darker. And I'm going to tell you, it's wicked. It's wicked. And so you need to thank him every day. I thank you, Father, that I have the spirit of truth living on the inside of me. And I have your love. The love of God is living on the inside of me. If that's all you thank him for, thank him. Come on. Because that's what separates you from this crazy world. It's what separates you. And it's what's going to keep you sane as we see people going insane. They're out of their minds. They're out of their minds. And you need to thank God every day. And also, you can thank him every day. I have the mind of Christ. I am not going to act insane like everybody else in this world that we're seeing. Come on. Thank you. I have the mind of Christ. Because I refuse. I refuse to buy the lies and operate like the things that's going on in this world. So it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love. What does it do? It casts fear out. Fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not, listen to this, the one who fears is not, say is not, not. perfected in his love. It's pretty simple. If you're a person that deals with fear, then guess what you need to do? You need to dive into the word of God concerning his love. Because the love of God is not perfected within you. If you're a person who deals with fear on multiple levels, you can have a fear of man. You can have a fear of of, uh, not trusting God with your finances. Come on. You can have a fear of rejection or a fear of you know, never getting married. Come on. You can have a fear of, of having to live by yourself for the rest of your life. You, there's so many fears that people are bound by. And the reason why they're bound by it is because they just have not dove in to discover his love. And that love has not been perfected within them you see that and so why is this important because where there is fear who else operates in that realm that's his playground that's his playground and so if there is a fear within you Guess what? You have an open door for him to play around with. You have an open door for him to play and to get you in a, uh, in a, uh, get you in a place that fear grips you so much that you, I mean, people get so gripped with fear that they can't even breathe. They can't move. What do you think these panic attacks are? Nothing but fear based. I'll tell you the root of it. It's fear-based. You see that? So, what does that tell you? 
As a believer, if we're going to maintain a reigning spirit, we're going to have to dive into the love of God. We're going to have to read John. Come on, 1 John. All oh, John, 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 John. That should be your diet. That should be your diet of just reading those scriptures and getting the love of God so rich and deep within you until that revelation, come on, all it has to do is that revelation or that truth then can just begin to dispel and push out that fear. This is the answers, not appeal. That's the answer. It's the answer. Amen. And he wants us to know him. He wants us to know him and to know the love that he has for us. To know the love of God is like no other. To, love the, to know the love of God is like no other. So let's keep reading what he says. It says, we love because he first loved us. And if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, that is not his earthly brother. Right? We're talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ here. Yeah, I know plenty of believers that have offense with other believers. And that is a complete open door for the enemy, for deception. And it kills people. It takes them to their grave. I've seen it over the 32 years. Takes them to their grave. Early, when God never wanted that for their lives, but because they refused to deal with offense, unforgiveness, issues, whatever, and hatred towards people, come on, sickness ate them up in their bodies. Now, it says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So what does he go ahead and let us know? And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should what? Love his brother also. It's a commandment. And you know I've taught on love for years. But do you know what? More and more I realize that these are just the two key truths that we must know. We must know the spirit of truth and we must know the love of God. And not our opinions about the love of God. But what he literally says love looks like. What his word says love looks like. That means we should not have not one issue with anyone else in the body. We should never talk negative, right? Y'all have heard me say this about one person in the body of Christ. We shouldn't. Critical or whatever the case may be. Running people, slandering, all these things. And if you say you love God and you do that, well, guess what? The scripture, I just don't believe you. I believe the scripture. I believe the scripture before I will believe you. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. So we must love one another. We must know the love of God, but we also must, because again, he makes the connection that if you love him, then you must love others. If you love him, you must love others. You cannot separate the two. You can't say, oh, I love God and forget about all these. 
I don't need that church. I don't need those people. I, you know, I can do this thing on my own. It, you can't. Sorry. You are opening yourself up wide for the deception and destruction from the enemy. Right? Because it's not scriptural. There's nowhere in here that scripturally you can show me where this was just about you. Show me and I will change. Bring it to me in scripture with three or four witnesses that this was ever just about you. Can't do it. But there is a multiplicity of scriptures that it is about all of us. All of us as the body. Amen? So it's very important that we deal with this love issue if we are going to maintain a reigning spirit and not be caught up in uh, seducing spirits, deception, doctrines of demons in these last days. I mean, it's just imperative. Look at 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 22 through 25, it says this, since you have in obedience to the truth, you see that? To the obedience to the truth. Do you know there's plenty of believers that hear the truth, sit in the services that you're sitting in and hear the truth and refuse to receive it and reject it time after time after time after time and think they're okay. And then one day, Things happen in their life, and they're wondering why. I've been at church all my life. Yeah, but you've sat there and rejected truth and not received it and put it to practice within your life. You have to put this into practice. Practice makes perfect. Perfect love. That means, listen, you're going to have to do what the scripture says. The depths and lengths and widths of his love you're going to have to encounter if you're going to be a true woman and man of God to maintain, come on, a reigning spirit. You are going to have to say the first thing that's the most important thing is let me check my love walk here. That has to be the first thing that you check up on is am I actually walking in love with this situation, with this person? Is there anything in me that I am not actually doing when it comes to what love says I should do? What does love say we should do? Well, you should read 1 Corinthians, but I'm not. Anyway, it says, since you have in obedience to the truth, see, the truth is what purifies your soul. Look at that. To the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. That's another reason why you want truth. So that it can purify your soul. What does that mean? You're thinking about that person. Right? So he says, listen, the truth that purifies your soul for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart, for you have been born again, not of the seed which is perishable, but the imperishable, that is through the living and enduring word of God, we must have the word of God, the truth of God so much within our lives that listen to me, it should just come up the word. If the word is not the first thing that comes up when you encounter a situation, you need to continue to grow. You need to grow. Say we're going to grow this year. We're going to stretch this year. Come on. Because every time a situation comes up, whatever it may be, the word of God ought to be right there within you, giving you the direction, the word, or uh, whatever it is for that situation that you're going through. The word of God ought to be popping up. And if it's not, that means then you haven't hit it in your heart. Yeah. 
You haven't been spending enough time within the word, right? Because the first thing you're doing is having a meltdown or an emotional response to a situation, right? So we ought to be having the word of God within us so much so that it can purify us sanctify us to the truth of God's word so that when any situation goes on, the truth is right there. I see what's happening here, but the truth is, you see what I'm saying? This may have just happened. They may just tell you, you just have, you know, an incurable disease, but the truth is by his stripes, I have been healed. He took on all, come on. These infirmities and sicknesses and diseases for me on the cross. Hallelujah. What are the first things that are coming up when you're encountering situations? Is it the truth of God's word? Look at Jude. We're going to probably close, you know, with these last two scriptures. There's multiple scriptures, and I've read them to you guys in the past for years on the love of God and the fact that we are commanded to love, right? And the fact that we know our faith cannot work if we are not people walking in the love of God. Faith worketh by love. Say it again. Say it again. Say it again. So don't tell me you're in faith when I know you have ought towards people. I mean, just how simple is that? It's just so simple. And see how the enemy can deceive us and get us into deception to where he talks about how we've deceived our own hearts. But thank God for the spirit of truth. And as long as the spirit of truth can still get in there. Come on. If you haven't hardened yourself so hard from hearing the spirit of truth. From hearing the truth. So I know there's people in here by the Holy Ghost that have issue. And your faith is not working. But you've deceived yourself to think you're good you're in faith, and you're all right. But I'm telling you right now, you're deceived. You're deceived. And you are in the devil's playground of deception. And so this is reality. This is reality. That we must get these things right, or it will not end up well with us. We won't. It won't. Amen. So... Receive truth. Quit having a deaf ear to truth when it's spoken. Look at Jude. You know, I thought it was interesting that when Pastor Lynette was here, how many of you were in the prayer session? And look at this. This is awesome. And we read out of, she read out of the book of Jude. Remember that? in one of the prayer sessions, and she read it out of the Passion Translation. I'm not going to read it out of the Passion Translation. Hopefully you, you guys went back and read it. But um, Jude, as I was reading through it, since she brought it up and read back through it, um, Jude said this, thought it was interesting in what we were ministering today. In verse 17 through 21, it says, But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. The things that they were saying to you. That in the last times, there will be mockers following after their own ungodly lust. These are the ones who cause divisions. They're worldly minded, devoid of the spirit. What are they devoid of? The spirit of truth. See that? Then he goes on to say, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves, what? In the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Look what it says. And here Jude 
The book of Jude, if you read it in context, one chapter is all about what's going to happen, what's happening with these individuals in the last day. Right? It's all in that context. They're devoid of the spirit, all kinds of things they're talking about, uh, you know, when, uh, reads without different things, right? All these things. And worldly lust, all kinds of stuff. Mockers. Are we seeing any mockers on the news? Are, are we seeing any of this stuff happening? Yeah. We're seeing it left and right. Right? And But look what he says. We must be people that will keep ourselves in what? The love of God. Because if we don't keep ourselves in the love of God, we're going to start hating these very people that need God. <laughs> we're going to start hating what other, what about all these people that are viciously hating what's going on in the political realm? Come on, craziness is happening. Craziness is happening. All kinds of stuff. And they're hating people and so if we don't take the posture of making sure that we have the love of God so much in the forefront of our mind and our heart we will start getting uh, taking on some of those things and so we have to be careful so he says listen we must be people that keep ourselves in the love of God. What does that mean, keep ourselves in the love of God? Does that mean that we could not be in the love of God? If you have to keep yourself in the love of God, that means that you might not be in the love of God just because you're born again. No, we have to keep it. We have to abide in it. You know what that word means? We have to guard it. We have to hold fast to it. We have to watch over it. This is all what this word means in the Greek. We have to reserve it. That means there ought to be such a reserve within your heart of the love of God. A reserve. And I'm going to tell you, the more and more we're encountering things... In this last days, we're going to have to be so full of his love and recognizing that this is not of the right spirit. Therefore, they are bound by this and the love of God. You know what it ought to do? It ought to compel you to do something about it instead of lashing out towards it. So he says we ought to reserve, keep. Guess what else it says? Attend to carefully. So we must be attending to carefully the love of God that we know was shed abroad in our hearts according to Romans 5, 5 when we got born again. Because the love of God, just because it's there, doesn't mean that we are keeping it. Or what, it, what else could we say? Doesn't mean that we're practicing it. Are we making it a point to practice the love of God towards people? Are we making it, making that effort to practice the love of God? That means, you know what that means? We're going to be in situations that you don't want to. You don't want to put on love, which Colossians tells us to do as well. So he tells us we have to keep it. He tells us we have to abide in it. He tells us we have to put it on in Colossians. So that means that just because I'm born again does not mean I'm operating in the love of God. Just because I'm saved and, you know, going to heaven one day when I die does not mean that I am operating in the love of God. 
I have to practice it. And the way that I practice it is that means I'm going to be in situations that I am going to encounter as a believer with the body, with other people, that I am going to have to put on love. I'm going to have to apply it in that situation. That means I'm going to have to walk it out. That means I am not going to think about self and how that is making me feel, but I'm going to put it on and say, I don't care how I feel and I don't care what you just said about me and I don't care whatever, uh, you know, I just, you know what? I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Can we ever just do that? Make peace. See that? That is actually practicing and applying the love of God to your life. So he says in Colossians 3, 14, last scripture, 3, 14 and 17, Beloved, uh, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Do you know what? Peace will not rule. You can talk about I had the peace of God all day long. But peace will not rule within your life and within your heart if you are not operating in the love of God. You know, you talk, oh, I want peace in my home and I just want my children to all be, I just want to come into my sanctuary and it all be peaceful, yet you got something against your husband and there ain't going to be no peace. It's not going to be any peace. It's not going to be any peace. You can act like you got it all together if you want. I'm just telling you what scripture says. And, and see, these are the things that get us in a deceptive mode. It's the Decepticons. Uh-oh. My Transformer days are coming out with all my sons and grandsons. Right? The Decepticons. Listen, there's so many of them. And they can still even infiltrate believers. All these Decepticons can just show up and infiltrate. If we're not guarding, keeping, come on, and allowing truth and the spirit of truth to actually penetrate and receive it and actually change and do it. And this is how deception happens within our heart. This is how the scripture says you've deceived your own heart. Because we think that just because we're born again, that we can just bypass all these other things that the scripture says. And we can't. We can't. We can't act like we're a person of great faith when you know you have ought towards somebody. Because your faith is not working. It's not. You've deceived yourself. You see that? So he says, listen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called into one body and be thankful. And then what does it say? Let the word of Christ dwell within you richly. You see that? Let the word of God dwell within you richly. So we have to have so much truth, so much word put in our hearts, hiding the word in our heart that it's dwelling within us richly. And when it dwells within us richly, guess what's going to happen the moment we encounter a situation? It's going to come out. That's the first thing that's going to come out. It's the first thing. I'm not going to think bad about somebody. If I'm in a situation and something goes on, I'm not going to think, well, I can't believe that person did that. I'm not going to think bad about it because that's not love. It's not love because love believes the in every situation. Even though you may have discernment, 
that maybe this situation isn't just right. But does the Lord need you to reveal that? Or do you just need to let it go? See what I'm saying? So it's important that we recognize that if we are going to maintain a reigning spirit in this day that we are living so that we do not fall into seducing spirits and doctrines of demons, we must have the truth of God's word within us, listening to the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of truth and full of the love of God, maintaining the love walk, walking in it every day, making sure we're guarding our hearts against anything that would be able to penetrate uh, within our lives with an offense or a situation against anyone because we don't want the enemy to have access so that deception cannot form within our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Say, I have the love of God in my heart. And I have the spirit of truth in my life. Come on. Say, I'm going to receive truth. I'm not going to resist truth. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you want more, subscribe to our message podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Rating and leaving a comment will go a long way with helping our messages get better circulation. If you'd enjoy watching our weekend messages, visit youtube.com forward slash anchor faith. We'd love it if you'd subscribe, leave a comment or a like on the messages. If you'd like to find out more information about us and how we're influencing the world and help support the work we're doing by giving, just visit anchorfaith.com.